So this morning we read verse 8. Uh, we preached verse 8 uh, down through uh, verse number 11. Uh, and let me, let's read that section. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field, in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, here's the message of Christmas, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's still in effect. That's still the message for every one of us. But he continues on, and, and, and this shall be a sign unto you. Over in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, the wicked king of Israel refused the sign of the prophet Isaiah. But Isaiah said to him, this is a sign. It was a sign unto the Jewish people. That's important as we go further. They had a sign. That wicked king refused the sign that God gave them. The sign was... I, well, just let's, I'll just go over here and read it. 714 of Isaiah says this. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Whether you want it, whether you don't want it, I believe that's still a fact today. You can receive the sign, you reject the sign, you're not going to change anything in God's plans and work, but you're the one that missed it. Israel missed it because of the wickedness of their nation and the wickedness of this king. I'm taking this out of context. You need to read the whole context. It begins in, in, chapter, in chapter 7, verse 1, and all the way down at least this far. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And you can go over to Mark, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, which being interpreted is God with us. And so, so they had the sign. And verse 11 he said, the baby's born. But in verse 12 he says, this, to, this is to the shepherds. These are no nothing nobodies. They're not Bible scholars. They may, may or may not have heard some of the prophecies of the scripture. But he says to them, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And I'm just going to kind of preach down through the rest of this with you. 
they've, now they have got the message of, G, of Christmas and they've got a heavenly sign of Christmas. Y'all with me? These are not priests. They're not judges. They're not scholars. You don't have to be very smart to be saved. Some of us prove that every day, right? Uh, you just have to trust him. You just have to receive him. We found that out this morning. He, he, he said, now, now you've got a sign. Israel refused the sign. What will you do with the sign? Well, we'll find out in a minute. I love this verse 13. And I've been studying on it for two days. And suddenly, look at this now. They have seen the glory of God. They have seen a one of the super angels, superintendent angels, archangels. They've seen the angel who said, I'm the man of God that stands in the presence of God, and I came with a message from God. But now, can you put yourself out on that desert in the middle of the night, and here's this angel standing up here giving him a message, probably a little light around the angel, you know, he's He's illuminated for them. John Phillips told me, Brother Wayne, you got a good preacher got to have a, a uh, inspired imagination. So can you see that angel standing there in the light? All those shepherds will fall out. They probably have to try to hide under the bush. They're scared to death. And the angel's speaking to them. Can y'all see that? Amen. Okay. If you get that for me, look now. Verse 13. And suddenly, I kind of think it's something like this. Da 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 da. Or something like There's some kind of power. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Praising God and saying, hey, that Mormon tabernacle choir couldn't even come up close to this. That Boston Symphony wouldn't even get, hey, this is the heavenly host, don't you know? And, and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Can you get a hold of this? I, somebody says, define that, he, that heavenly host. I've been trying to for two days. It's some amount, wouldn't you say it's some amount of angels? Probably. You think? You look like you've got something on your mind. Tell, tell Ronnie, don't be giving me this junk anymore. 
I can't get the silly thing off. Okay, just put that on. This is already on. Oh, okay. Thank you. tried to figure out how many how many angels it took to be, to be the heavenly host Jesus said over in Matthew 26 when they were talking when they uh, when they were questioning him he said I could call 12 legions of angels right now a Roman legion had 621 men in it, footmen, plus uh, 70-something horsemen. I multiplied that out. Twelve legions would be roughly 82,000 angels. And I don't, I guess that's just a small detachment of the angels. I don't know. But if you think about what the heavenly host has seen, I'm, I've got a bunch of scriptures on it I'm not going to go to, but uh, over in Luke, in Luke uh, 10, Jesus said, In verse 18, to his disciples, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. If you go back to Isaiah chapter 12, I'm not going there, but you can read about Lucifer being cast out of heaven to this earth. And that prophecy says... Not only is he cast down to this earth, but he's cast down to a eternal hell. You can go over to you can go over to First Peter chapter one and see the angels in the depths of a prison of darkness from all the way from the casting out of Lucifer, the angels and Revelation chapter number 12 says that one-third of the angels were cast out. He, he, that red dragon swung his tail and one-third of the angels fell with him. So there's a great number of angels in heaven. And some of them are on this earth as devils now, demons. Some are already in hell, and the bars are over them. So put yourself in the put yourself again. This is the heavenly hosts. They've never been in where sin is. They've always lived in the presence of the Holy One. He admonishes us, be ye holy as I am holy. And that holiness of God is the attribute, stands alone, 
and all the other attributes hang off of his holiness. His love is there because of holiness. His mercy is there because of holiness. His judgment is there because of holiness. His power is there because of holiness. If he's not holy for one second, he's not God. Y'all with me? And so now these angels have seen one-third of the angels cast down to earth, and some of them are already in hell, and Lucifer is the, the if you read the description of Lucifer in the Old Testament, he's the most beautiful angel that there was in heaven. He had more talent than any other angel in heaven. He had more abilities than any other angel. He was so he was so talented that he thought he had as much talent as God. And the sin of the sin was he tried to become God, tried to replace God, tried to come into the place of God. But uh, I'm not trying to deal with that. But this heavenly host knew him, saw him, and saw him be cast down, and one-third of their brethren as well. Then they saw the creation and saw God display himself in creation and saw man who was the crown of the creation of God raise up against God. And try to say to God, I know more than you know, and I can be more than you are. And by one man's sin in the world, and death by sin, and now all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and, and all are condemned to die because of sin. Everything in this world dies. The creation dies. The nature dies. Everything in this world cries out. Over in Romans chapter 8, Paul said that, that creation itself cries to be relieved of the oppression of sin on this earth. Nothing in this world gets better. Everything in this world, y'all saw that commercial, everything breaks. Everything in this world breaks. Everything in this world wears out. Everything in this world deteriorates, including us. So all I'm trying to say is, they be, what have they seen so far? What has the heavenly host seen so far? They've seen the fall of Lucifer. They've seen the fall of man. They've seen the fall of creation. They have wept for 4,000. And they've been dead silent for about 400 years. There's been no move of God on this earth for 400 years. There's no glory of God displayed. But now, now, they're hearing this angel say, this 
this Gabriel say, this man of God say, God is going to give you a sign. He promised that sign way back there a thousand years ago, but it couldn't take place because of the wickedness and the willfulness of the people. But now he's giving you a sign. Now the virgin is going to bring forth the son, and that son is going to be the son of God himself. Can you get it? And suddenly... The heavenly choir comes alive. I, I can't imagine what it would have been on that hillside when all the heaven, when, hey, the, over there in Isaiah, those seraphim went beside themselves just to talk about the holiness of God. Think about this, when God displays his favor on this earth now, and for the first time in, in hundreds of years, he's going to speak to men and give them the, the blessing of a, a, unto you, this day, a Savior is born. Here's the sign. He's a, he's a virgin born. He's over there in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And all of heaven comes alive. And there's, there's a, I don't know what, I don't know whether it's instruments playing. I don't know whether it's just the singing. And, but somehow or another, it's a display of the power of God like this world has never seen. The host comes alive. I mean, there. can you imagine you've been crying, weeping, every, everything that's happened turns wrong. Thousands of years it's been wrong. It's not getting better. Hey, have you said this lately? It's not getting better. It's getting worse. If you listen to the news, you did. If you've heard anything about world situation, you did. We're living in a tough day. But old Daniel said in one of the dark days, there's a God in heaven. He still rules in the affairs of men. Hey, this, ain't, this heavenly host said, get, get a hold of it, boys. He's a coming, he's a coming. And so, it's not a tradition it's the whole message of heaven. It's not just the message of an angel. Everything in heaven revolves around this, that Jesus is going to be born of a virgin. And he'll be your Savior, my Savior. Well, I got a lot of, I, I just got blessed studying that. Look at this. This morning I said that you can't celebrate without the Savior. Remember that? There's no celebration. I don't care what, how big the party is. I don't care if Biden spends half our budget on a, on a party up there in Washington. 
it will be an empty celebration. It will not be meaningful because the Savior is not the middle of it. You can't celebrate without Jesus. Christian, you try to live your life without, hey, you need to come up to, you need to get back in the book every once in a while. Get on your face every once in a while. Get a hold of God every once in a while. Get your, get your spirit revived. Get your heart renewed. And save your soul with the word of God and the promises of God. You can celebrate right there. And God's given us that. Thank God for the songs that we have. Thank God for what? Let me go back to the old little town of Bethlehem. That last verse said, The holy, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. I believe that preacher had been reading this passage in this book. He had a hold of it. You've got to have a Savior if you celebrate. I'm going to say this in fear. Don't, don't uh, misunderstand what I'm saying. In heaven... You've got to have a Savior if you celebrate. On earth, you've got to have a Savior if you celebrate. So the whole heavenly hosts, verse 13, 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The whole heavenly hosts is celebrating the Savior. Everything... Think about everything in heaven. Every angel in heaven is, is just shouting it out because Jesus is coming as a Savior. You read 1 Peter chapter 1. He's going to say the angels. You know what the angels know about salvation? It's what they see in us. God has no salvation plan for the angels. They're created perfect. They live in a perfect environment. But Adam and Eve proved that sin can get in the heart of people in a perfect environment. Perfect environment doesn't protect you. It's God that protects you. It's a Savior living in your heart. So now the angel has spoken and the heavenly host has rejoiced. 
and the message has went out. Look at 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known unto us. That is a statement of faith. They heard the message. They received the rejoicing uh, sound. But now they want to experience what God has promised them. That's how you get saved. It's how you find the Savior. And 16. So there, in, in 15, let's go see this thing. Here's the watch. They've quit watching sheep. Now they're watching for the Savior. They're looking for the Savior now. Verse 15. 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe. Lying in a manger. That's the fulfillment of the promise, isn't it? They found them in a place where people had cast them out. They found them in a place that had no room for the Savior. They found him in a place very obscure, very humble. Who would think that God would be born in a cow, in a feed stall of a cow? The West have got their baby. They had the blanket over. They, they would let you take a peep at him, but they didn't let you handle him. That's their baby. But God turned his son loose. Can you imagine it? The, the prince of all of glory comes into this place. And he didn't land in the children's hospital or in some secure environment. Out there in the barn. How long has it been since any, uh, uh, some of you have never been in a barn. It doesn't smell good in a barn. There's a lot of disease and a lot of, a lot of just plain old filth in a barn. But that's where he's at. It's nothing like the little manger scenes that you see in the yards around. If they had a light, it was one candle or one little lamp of oil, maybe. He was birthed in that environment. Think about that. They found Mary, the mother, the virgin, and Joseph down in the last... I won't, I won't go there. 
They found Joseph, that just man. But they found the baby in the manger, in the swaddling clothes. They found the fulfillment of the Christmas message there. So, so they, their watch, they found him. Verse 17, their witness. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Here, let's go back to me. Now these, am I still, you still hear me? No, I didn't think so. These are the guys that cannot give testimony in a Jewish court. But God has entrusted them with the message of Christmas. And now they are the ones who are the witnesses of Jesus to a whole lost world. Danette sung that song this morning about a strange way to win the world. It is a strange way to win the world, isn't it? Take the, take the nobody and speak through him. That's a, there's a real message in this passage for us as the church. Some of us have got the idea in this day that you can't preach if you don't have a, a degree of some kind nailed on the back of your name. That's so far from the Bible. The Word of God is very clear that we are saved as witnesses of Christ. And this world is dependent not on, the, not on Dr. Bottle Stopper, but it's dependent on the church. The no-name individuals who have found the Savior for themselves become the witnesses to the whole world. And if we fail to do that, I just read a very convicting uh, letter this week about the lack of the lack of missionaries around the world. You know, I'm sure you know this. 75% of the men who go into the armed services today are not qualified. They can't meet the requirements. So the standards are lowered, lower and lower to allow them to populate as our military today. They couldn't have made it a few years ago. Now they can make it. And some of us have got the idea that if we have a missionary go out of this church, he'll have to go off over yonder somewhere and, and go to school. He'll have to be endorsed by that group, that group, or that group. He'll have to have some kind of uh, walking papers before he can ever do what God's called him to do. You ought to read Acts 13 again. God said to that church at Antioch, which was the missionary sending church for the whole world in their day. He said, you separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for a work I've got for them to do. 
and they separated them, and he sent them. And they became the missionaries to the whole world. We've got qualified people sitting around here. I'm encouraged by some of these young men that are trying to just do something for the Lord. And girls. Don't let anybody stop you. See, we can't drop the standards. The standards are set by the Lord. And the whole standard is this. You've got to have the Savior. You've got to have a knowledge of the Savior. But when you have a knowledge of the Savior and you keep it bottled up, that makes you, that disqualifies you. It's as you will open up and let God use you. Some of the most unlikely people in the world have been the greatest missionaries the world's ever seen. Church, our job is to be the launching station and the preparation place. I mean, some of us have been over at the manger. We need to be talking about that to some of them. Some of us know about something about witnessing for him. We need to be preparing the next generation to carry that out. So here's these shepherds who know nothing except that they've seen the Savior and they they came with haste and found him and then when they had seen it they made known abroad the same. I want you to look at verse 18. There's the There's the watch and the witness. Here's the wonder. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They couldn't testify in court, but they could testify for the Lord. And you may not be qualified with your degree, But you can testify for the Lord. That's all I'm trying to say. You don't have to, you don't have to be some level of, hey, the whole deal is, have you seen the Lord? Do you know the Savior? Have you got the promise in your heart? If you do, you're qualified. The next step is to get it out. I don't know all they said, but these guys, the wonder was pretty big because, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Can you get that? What was she keeping? She was keeping the things these shepherds had said. They, she was understand. She wasn't there when the angel spoke, and the and the heavenly host showed up. They were. They came with, excited about what God had done. And the shepherds returned. There's the witness, the watch, the witness, the wonder. 
Here's the worship. Luke 2, verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Heard and seen. They had heard about this. They had heard about the Savior. They had the, they had the voice that directed them. But now they had been where the Savior was. They had seen him for themselves. You know what you got to be to be a witness? You got you got to be able to have heard something and saw something. And when you tell what you've seen and heard, that makes you a witness. Over there in Acts chapter 4, the, the Sanhedrin said, shut up. Don't preach that name anymore. And, and Peter and John said, should we obey you or should we obey God? We can't help but speak the things that we've seen and heard. Here's these shepherds. They may not be accepted by the religious crowd, but they're accepted by the spiritual crowd. And they have seen some things and heard some things, and now they're telling it, and the wonder of it fills the place. They got a message from the Lord. I, I just, I, I, was, I was reading this verse 20, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. And how in your dreamless sleep the, the, st the stars go by. Can you see them out there, back out there with their sheep? Every once in a while, one of them, hallelujah, we've seen the Savior. Amen. What a moment it was. Did you hear the gospel sung by the heavenly choir? Did you hear it? Remember that. Every once in a while, we get a little glimpse ourselves. Pull it to yourself. Savor it to yourself. And keep it until you get a chance to tell it to somebody. Have you seen the Savior? Do you have the message? Can you worship? Will you witness? Will you celebrate the Savior? This year at Christmas. Or will you miss the message of Christmas? Don't miss it. be a witness of the of that savior to those who all come in contact
I pray you'd move our church closer to the manger, closer to the to that Emmanuel, our God with us. Help us to refresh ourselves in him and glorify your name in him. Thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. folks that are sick. Michelle is sick now. And, uh, there's several that have the flu. We've got flu everywhere. And some COVID. Brother Daniel and I got the chance yesterday to go down to the Harris Hospital. And I got to pray heart to heart with Dr. Birdwell. 
96 years old. The last time I talked to him about three or four weeks ago, we confirmed his salvation. And yesterday, we just got up close to the Savior together. I wish I'd have known him years ago. Would you pray for that great man? He influences lots of folks. And he's, he's got a fresh love for Jesus. Old Jan just full, so she, she witnesses everybody she talks to, I think, now. And just pray. God's doing something. I don't know what he's doing. He may take Dr. Birdwell tomorrow, but God's doing something in that family. So pray. And others. There's others. We just need the Lord back in the middle of everything we're doing. And uh, so...